Settle down. Settle down. Welcome to Pendulum Podcast. Seems like just yesterday we started this podcast. This podcast is an open exchange of information and ideas intended for professionals in the right-of-way industry. The podcast is for anybody interested in the infrastructure that supports our standard of living. This includes everything from roads to rails to trails to power to pipelines and parks, libraries, and public places, and all the amenities that we enjoy. You may also be interested in our discussion if you've been affected or displaced by those types of projects, whether through relocation or eminent domain, or if you simply appreciate the amenities of the modern world. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pendulum Land Services, LLC, a full-service right-of-way acquisition firm managed by industry experts who are dedicated to the integrity of the right-of-way process. Visit them at PendulumLand.com. With us today, Kristen, what are you doing here? Hello, Stuart. Uh, Hey. And Ross Green. I'm not doing a Californian's pull. Okay, I'm Dave Arlen, and I am going to do a a Californian's pull. (laughs) So why don't you just get out of here, Ross? Just Just get on out. Take the Encino Parkway and flip a Louie on the 430 and just keep on going to the freeway. Kristen, make the sound that you think sounds like an air horn. Pew! Pew, 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 pew! I will point out she thinks that's an air horn. Like, it's pew. She's making the pew, pew noise. No, and it's a few, few, not a pew, pew. It's a big difference. A few, few. Pew! Pew, 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 pew! Come on. All right, today's discussion is um, eminent domain. Common words and terms and what they really mean. Ooh. Is there some misinformation out there about these terms? I don't know. There might be. There might be. Let's start with the simple eminent domain. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know what I think we should do? What? I think we should go with the resident expert on definitions of things, and that's Ross Green. Yes. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Yeah, fed him to tigers, whacked him. Okay. Now they're snacking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's what eminent domain means, but I do I do have confidence that you can give us like a textbook definition. It means they're stealing. These Rhyming and ste- stealing. Stealing from people is what it means, obviously. Ob- well, see, that's Was why there some sarcasm in that comment? That we're the bad guys. I think you have a really good definition. I know. I Dig deep, Ross. I think you can do it. Eminent domain is the acquisition of private property for public use with the payment of just compensation for the property. Told you. Walking boom. encyclopedia. Boom. I don't Ross have a boom sound Green effect. is a walking encyclopedia. Can we get him a round of applause or something at least? <laughs> Ross Green, everyone. Pretty good. Pretty That's good. pretty good. I can also spell deoxyribonucleic acid. Nuh-uh. And anti-disestablishmentarianism. Everybody can spell that. It's long, but it's phonetically spelled. Pull the trigger there, kid. Anti-disestablishmentarianism? Uh-huh. You want me to spell it? Yep. Can I write it? No. Shoot. Okay. A-N-T-I-D-I-S-E-S-T-A-B-L-I-S-H-M-E-N-T-A-R-I-A-N-I-S-M. Smash the no sound, Dave. Was that wrong? What did I miss? There's too many words to keep track of. If I could write it, I could do it. <laughs> Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Okay. I failed. Ross? Okay, so. Spell it. A-N-T-I-D-I-S-E-S-T-A-B-L-I-S-H-M-E-N-T-A-R-I-A-N-I-S-M. That's what I said. Nope. Yes, it is. Is that not exactly what I said? 
I have no idea. I can't That's follow exactly along. That's exactly how I spelled it. You missed the whole Aryan part. No, because I paused and I said A-R-I-A-N. You know what? Play it back. A-N-T-I-D-I-S-E-S-T-A-B-L-I-S-H-M-E-N-T-A-R-I-A-N. Let's call Billy Squire. Okay. Oh, update, update. Billy Squire. So uh, since last week, our last episode, I have, um, he hasn't called me back. Uh, Well, do you want me to call him? You probably, a guy who wrote The Stroke, you might have a little better luck. But I didn't talk very nice about him on like episode three. It doesn't sure didn't. matter. He'll show up here for you some said, wet wipes and a pack of Oreos. You sweat wipes and Oreos. You said, <laughs> you said that he was selling insurance. Is there anything wrong with it? No. no well, but for a, an icon who sold out arenas, well, icon, I believe, my kind of lover, in the dark, that lonely is the night. Calling him an icon... You might be overselling it a bit. I'm sure he was very important to you and influential on your life. I, I can clearly see that. I don't know that he's reached icon status. I don't know. The word icon has been cheapened in the last decade to the point where people are saying things like, what is that? Oh, that like supreme is iconic. I'm like, here, we printed the word supreme on a trash bag. You can call anybody iconic now. Like that word doesn't mean anything. What? All right, what? old people. <laughs> are you talking to me? No, mostly at him. Okay, thank well, goodness. Start. What do you mean? What do you mean? Do either one of y'all know what Supreme is? Like the pizza? Oh, Jesus. D- don't they sell oil? Just moving on like, okay, from this train wreck. Domain. Ross defined eminent domain. Quite nicely, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I, I think if you if you were to asked the exact same question from people who represented landowners, they would have a different definition. What might they say? Well, they would say it was the exercise of evil forces over poor and hapless American citizens. And they would say that into a microphone that was powered by electricity after they drove their cars on the highways to get there. While they were wrapped in a suit made out of the American flag. They kind of like remind me of Stephen Colbert, you know, with the bald eagle flying in carrying the American flag. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, ah. So, second phrase that we're going to discuss today, just compensation. Just compensation. What, let's start with what someone might think it means. Okay. Well, what they might think it means is take the fair market value of the property being acquired and multiply times 10 and award the attorney's fees on top of it. Does that seem about right? That sounds, yeah, sounds good to me. Seems Who's going to pay fair. for that? Who is going to pay for that? Times a thousand. Just compensation is never just, you know. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's what okay. they, air All right. quotes, so, say. Air quotes, they. Let's get the uh, walking encyclopedia definition. Ross? The standard default in America is just compensation equals fair market value. Of course, now in Virginia, you have a word spaghetti they've amended into the Constitution where the you know, public referendum, the public vote, all it said was, do you want to something just absurd like vote yes if you want to protect property rights? And then they just added a bunch of word salad to the Constitution to the point where it's like it, nobody wants to listen to me read the text of what the definition of it is in Virginia now. Okay, but so but the definition is just compensation is fair market value. That begs the question: 
what is the definition of fair market value? Everybody in America knows what fair market value is. No, they don't. Why not? They don't. I don't know why. <laughs> Idiocracy, that's why. Okay, so what That is was a great movie. Have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Yeah, what I own it what on do DVD. You think I, it's not a word that comes up outside the context of that movie. Fair. So tell us a little bit about the movie. You've seen it. You've seen it? I've seen it. I own it. I yeah, own it's, it, too. It's actually uh, frightening. It is prophetic is accuracy. what it is. It is prophetic. And it was, do, it was done by the guy who um, brought us Beavis and Butthead, I believe. Mike Judge? Brondo, it's what plants crave. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you need to watch this You haven't this seen thing. Idiocracy? No. Although, oh, at, at this point, after the current administration, I think the jokes might just be too painful to sustain. Like, too close to home, like, oh, this is not so funny anymore. Hard. And we, we talked about Dax Shepard in a prior episode. He was one of the idiots in Idiocracy. I, I love Dak Shepard. And, and they have this show that they watch. That they, like TV has been dumbed down so badly. It's probably what people from two decades ago think about our TV now. Mm-hmm. But he just sits there and there's like his favorite show is called Ow, My Balls! Where it's <laughs> nothing but people getting hit in the crotch and saying ow. Well, you just said one of the banned words from this podcast. Ow? Crotch. Ooh. You said it. And that's your banned word. Yeah. For those of you who are just tuning in, there are four words that are banned from being said on this podcast. One is that word. Another word is the word spelled M-O-I-S-T. Another one is irregardless. And another one is, what's the last one? M-U-C-U-S. Mucus. Mucus. I had so, a cat named Mucus. Okay. You wanted a cat named Mucus. You didn't actually so have parents, so, my parents. So don't would say let those me. words. Okay, so so you just said crush, but that's okay. So in, in Idiocracy, there's a whole portion of this movie that has to do with that. Yes. I mean, it's basically a, a running gag, but yeah, the, his favorite show is Ow My Balls. I mean, the president they elect is a pro wrestler. So oh my God. getting closer, man. Uh, I mean, Kanye real, was real running close. for a while, right? Yeah. Oh I mean, boy. We, uh, yeah. Reality TV star, wrestler. I mean, the parallels are, it's, it's terrifying. Maybe not as funny as it might have been if I'd watched it when it came out. And, and Luke Wilson, one of our favorite recurring celebrities here at the Pendulum Podcast, was also an idiocracy. Luke Wilson's in it? Yeah, he but played not, the straight guy. The he was the like, better Wilson brother, which is Owen. He, no, Luke is the better Wilson oh, brother. Okay. And he was like cryogenetically frozen. Into the future. Dude, they're both good. I mean, they're both good, okay? That's why I'm not going to pick between them. They're both excellent. I like them. And because them. you're friends with them, you don't want to hurt feelings. I like we them know. both Name in freaking Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, Royal Tenenbaums. Like, so I love Royal Tenenbaums, and they're both excellent in it. Big fan. But yeah. Oh, and Ow My Balls essentially, I think, is... What's that show where they always just just absolutely eat it? Jackass. Well, sent ja- Jackass. Remember when Steve-O like, put a... Put a hook through his cheek and used himself as hey, shark bait. He yep. would like staple paper to his butt uh-huh. cheek. Well the specific uh-huh. gag I'm talking about is when the guy would be like be pony boy and would sit on the pool table and let them shoot balls into like pool balls into him. Oh my God. Oh what 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 happens in your life that that's what you do for a living? But they've go, they've taken it further Heroin. now. What's that show, the one where you <laughs> you run across the giant red balls and you just absolutely eat it every time and then you get swept off by a bar and smashed Oh, well, people the... are just getting their butts beat by this, like, contraption. Yeah, they just yeah, get yeah. smashed. Like, the, I mean, it's essentially that. Like, it has become a real thing. There is an entire TV show that is just people agreeing to run into a machine that you know is just you know, going to trash them. They're going full scorpion like and you're going to gonna laugh. I don't think that's funny. 
Now, I did think some portions of Jackass were funny. but Oh, boy. Yeah, but we're heading for just getting maimed on TV in the vein of, ow, my balls is... Like, That's real. And then the legit. next president will be Kanye West or a professional wrestler. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. cool and cool. another person that you like quite a bit that starred in Idiocracy is Maya Rudolph. Oh, I, I do like Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. I really like yeah, Maya I can't Rudolph. believe you haven't seen this movie. I really can't either. It's going to hurt your soul when you see it now. Yeah. 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 But it's good. Okay. I'm going to watch it. All right. So just compensation. Oh, yeah. So, so... Mr. Manns, Mr. Encyclopedic Knowledge, Ross Green, please define fair market value. Because you said just compensation is fair market value. And fair market value is the price that a willing buyer and a willing seller transacting business for the purchase of the property without any compulsion to buy or sell would pay and accept, therefore. But wait, sometimes we have unwilling sellers. Does that matter? Right, but it's not the value of the person we're taking it from in eminent domain. So it's That's not right. the fact that the seller's unwilling. It's not the fact that it's an eminent domain transaction. And it's not about, specifically not about, how much it is worth to them for whatever reason. So if you're coming to, to take, to steal, to buy, whatever, my property for your highway, it doesn't matter what I think it's worth? Right. It shouldn't. Why should it? The point is that it should be fail. It should be fail. Oi. It should be fair to everybody involved. It should involved. be fair, including the people that I always like to talk about, which is the taxpayers. Right. Yeah. Okay. Shouldn't there be an inconvenience premium added to that to make it truly just? Pain and suffering? Yeah. Can, yeah, kind of make, you making me go, I didn't ask to be put through this. And you can make that happen by having your legislature put that into the law and Don't everybody can Don't give them for. any ideas, Ross. Our job is hard enough. Dude, they're already doing it. Don't act like they have ideas. Do I need to remind you about the bill where the and money couldn't be paid to the landowner. It had to be paid to the landowner's attorney. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's that one. The one that the governor had to veto so that the person who's entitled to the money could actually get it instead of having their attorney try to hold it over their head to get paid. Wow. Well, I'm going to get back to to what the real definition is. And so it sounds to me what you're saying, it it shouldn't include an inconvenience factor or an unwillingness factor. I'm not saying it shouldn't. I'm saying it can, but that's not currently the law, at least in the areas where we operate. Well, that's the and that's the thing. We have to follow the laws and we have to follow the rules. And I, I get the question and relocation all the time, like with a displaced business, are you going to pay for lost wages or loss of employees or loss of income? I wish I could. I understand. You're going to lose some trained employees. You're going to have some loss of goodwill. You're going to have some loss of income. I wish I could pay for that. I'm bound by what's in the rules. And the rules say that that is not compensable. That's not reimbursable under re-established or under relocation. So would it feel better if we could pay them for that? Sure. Would it feel better if everybody that we had to come purchase their property, if we could just give them whatever they wanted, whatever they thought their property was worth? Yes. But here's the deal. We have an obligation to also be good stewards of taxpayer money. And that's the part that the public doesn't like to think about. They just like to think about what we're doing to this one person and their one property. But if we give every property owner what they think their property is worth and all the money that they think they are due, the infrastructure development is dead. Can you imagine who, who pays for that? Oh, well, considering you just make money printer go burr and then devalue everybody's currency. That's right. Ross likes to make the money printer go burr. I do not like to make the money printer go burr. Money printer been going burr lately. It's been uh, going burr. <laughs> yeah, I think it's overheated right now. There's the money printer. Ooh, what are you doing, money printer? <laughs> get out of here. Just go and get out of here. 
What's, what's our next question? Well, l- well hang on a minute. Host. It doesn't feel to me that just compensation is always really just. Oh. Why do they use that word? Why don't they just say fair market value of the property? Why not just say that? Because it doesn't have to be that. But you said just compensation is fair market value. Yeah. You got how long has it been since 1776? You got a long time worth of legal precedents that established that in America. That doesn't mean philosophically that when you look underneath well, all of that, that that's what it has to be. Well, but just compensation, like when you make an offer to somebody, it's not just the fair market value of the property, the structure and the land. There's also things in there like damages to the remainder, maybe some cost to cure. Like, is that part of just compensation? Yeah, that's in there. Is that part of just compensation or would that be, are we calling that part of fair market value? That's not. It doesn't make sense when you think of it in terms of buying the entire property, which is what most of the time people think about. Right. But most of the time what we do isn't that. We come and say we need an easement or we need a little strip for a road. A or partial acquisition. We need some little bit of this. And okay. you don't generally in normal everyday life outside of right-of-way transfer small less than unit pieces of your property. It's not hey, let me convey this tiny little strip. That doesn't happen. Here it does. So you're talking about valuing something that doesn't normally transact, really. So you have all of these additional specialized concepts that we deal with that aren't in everyday stuff. I mean, you're talking about cost to cure. Well, usually you don't worry about a cost to cure. Right. Because you... I, I had this piece of dirt. I sold it to you. If you want to make changes, improvements, site work... You know, and add, you chose to sell it to me. Yeah, and now you can choose to do all of those things on the parcel. But what this is, is saying, well, if I came to you, and I, and it comes up every once in a while, and interestingly, we also deal with this all the time in the practice because it's kind of a related specialty, is you want to go to your neighbor because to build your house on your property, you need to run your utilities through your neighbor's property given the way that the land is structured. Say your lot is at the end of the point. So the only way to get to it is to get an access through the lot next to it and run your utilities through there. When you try to negotiate with that neighbor about how much do I have to pay you to get this easement to go through here and install these things through your land, then you start to run into some of the same valuation concepts. But it's such an unusual position for most people that they would never think about it. It's there. The concepts exist in regular real estate world, but not for not for most people. Interesting. On that note, I would like to clarify something that we discussed an episode or two ago where somehow we were having a right-of-way discussion and the iconic pop band, uh, 1980s band, Spandau Ballet, came up in the discussion. And I, I, I feel very compelled to correct misstatements. And I said they had one and a half hits. And in the last week, since our last episode, I went back to the Spandau Ballet Library and listened to True. And yeah, I think that was a legit hit. It's featured in some movies and whatnot. And then I said their half hit was Gold. And I listened to that. And listening to the song Gold by Spandau Ballet in the year 2020 instead of the year 1985, uh, no bueno. So you know they're actually, they are actually now a one-hit wonder. They and can- now you get to stay on as part of the podcast team because I'm going to tell you something. I also listened to the Spandau Ballet and I listened to the song True and went, sure, I know that song. Yeah, I've heard that. I could sing along. I knew that song. And then I listened to your half hit, Gold. It's hot garbage. I was horrified. I don't even know what to say. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. And I said, 
in current parlance, it's a dumpster fire. It's, that's, I think you're being a little kind. Yeah. It's a dumpster fire where the dumpster is full of collected dog stuff. You know what I thought? I thought it sounded like George Michael and Hold Music had a baby. And you know, his, his vocals are pretty good. He's got a nice voice. But what he was singing and what he was singing about, it was no bueno, as you say. So I, I'd like to thank you for revising your previous statement. Apologies to anybody listening to this, since I'm sure the vast majority care not at all about Spandau Ballet. Oh well, those of us who grew up in the 80s care a hell of a lot about Spandau Ballet. And just to be <laughs> honest with you, the problem was I got a letter from our sponsor, Pendulum Land Services, LLC, uh -oh. regarding Are my we... comments on oh, Spandau boy. Ballet, which forced me to go back and listen to the songs. And they're actually demanding that I retract my comments that gold by Spandau Ballet constituted half a hit. It's not It's not a one-hundredth of so a hit. So I, I hereby retract that. So the statement. Well, let's move on. <laughs> let's <laughs> next, <do> move on. <laughs> the next phrase from Eminent Domain, inverse condemnation. Oh, guess, guess who does not need to do this one? I don't need to do this Me. One. And let me tell you why. Because inverse condemnation, I think, is like the most fascinating thing ever. And anytime I see somebody do a presentation about it, or I hear about a case, I'm like, wow, that's inverse condemnation. Oh, that can be inverse condemnation. I get really, if you give me like 10 situations and go, is this inverse condemnation or not? I'm going to get most of them wrong. But I'm fascinated by it. So It is fascinating. And you know, you want to see Ross get spun up? No. Like you want to see him no. go from 0 to 11? I he don't. cranks it to 11 when we talk about inverse. Uh-oh. So who's, who's taking this one? Because it's not going to be Kristen Bennett. Well, Dave can talk about it because I did the first two. Well, I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, at least you do because according to the landowner's bar, here, every, can I get, okay, everything wait, is Here, this will be that we talk about like what people think. Let me be the what people think because I'm really bad at this. Inverse condemnation is when we didn't pay just compensation and we're like messing up people's stuff. I'm here to F stuff up. Yeah. For instance, like I bought, let's say I'm a, I'm a, a DOT and I bought a piece of property and a, an adjacent property now because I bought this and I graded it for the highway. Now they have like a flooding problem. Could be. Could that like, is that, would yeah. that be an example? Yeah. So I'm the layperson's voice in this conversation, most, not an expert. Let's use the most egregious example would be if the department of transportation bulldozed your house and put a road on your property. And that was it. Like they, like what the king used to do: cut off your head and take your goat. Oh, like literally, they just yeah took it and ran. Okay, that's that's an extreme. That's what it the is most direct example. It's yes. taking it's taking private property for a public use without paying just compensation. Sure, I get that. That makes perfect sense. I took your property and I used it and I didn't pay you. I get that. But when it's something like a property that doesn't have any, like we the DOT built a, a highway on one one piece of property and then another property is affected and then they that's inverse condemnation because it like it's probably not well okay. but let, let's let's keep this on the rainbow okay. the spectrum okay stay on the spectrum. so we stayed we stayed with the most extreme example yes. next example they're going to build a highway project and they've acquired what they think is the necessary property yes and the bulldozers and the steamrollers show up and they they mill and pave the highway two feet over the line, the property line of what they actually acquired. Uh, so they, so they put two feet, an error. They put two feet of that highway on your cornfield. Without, I was not paid for that. No, no. They paid you for the other 16 feet, but they went two more feet. Okay, so that would that be... That is absolute. They got to go back and they have to pay you. Period, okay. the end, full stop. 
Okay, I get that. So if somebody's asking you at a cocktail party, by the way, if you're at a cocktail party and somebody's asking you to define inverse condemnation, you, you need to go to a different to party. Home. Yeah, you need to run. That's not a fun party. But let's say that you're there and somebody says, hey, Dave, while you're drinking this fancy what bourbon, are you doing? what are you doing here? And while you're here, can you please define inverse condemnation? What would you say? I just told you. It's the like, taking of private property. <laughs> break it down. Say it again. It's the taking of private property for a public use without paying just compensation. That's, okay, that's it, period. There yeah, we go. and then you say that, and then the conversation's really over, and nobody's going to talk to you for the rest of the And then they say, why don't you take you the, get out of the here. high five and go home? Right. Take a left on Wilshire. But then, but I, I, you were, what you were touching on, Kristen, was that sometimes there are more creative theories that involve inverse condemnation where they try to claim that a public entity with eminent domain authority took private property for a public use. Well, the let flooding me, case. Let me say this. I told you that I've, I've been fascinated by inverse condemnation, things that I've heard and like presentations that I've heard. I will tell you, if I'm, if I'm going to be completely forthright here, the, the presentations that I've heard on in, inverse condemnation have not been from people representing the condemning authorities. They've been from the other mm. side. That's where they, I think they maybe get a little creative. So that's why I'm always curious about, like, does is, does that count? Does this count? Yeah, because if, if there's no road projects and you don't have any work to do, you've got to find a way to gin it up somewhere. We defended a case a number of years ago that involved an airport where they claimed that they changed essentially their landing and guiding systems which caused the planes to fly different routes over different airspace. And therefore, you were taking that airspace above someone's house and you didn't pay them just compensation. So that was handled as inverse condemnation? Yeah. Wow. It went, went to trial. Went to trial. Yeah. The judge actually ruled that there was no taking, but that there may be a damage. And then it went to the jury, and the jury found that there wasn't a damage. You want to know why? Because airplanes fly over your stuff all the time anyway. Yeah. So why should you get paid? You're extra right. Money? He is getting. I can feel the. He's cranky I can today. Feel him getting fired up today. It's because we keep quoting the Californians, and he's not into it. Why not? Yeah. Woo! Why do you not like the Californians? Why can't you do the one where they talk about I'll pump you up? That one's funnier to me. What? Are you talking Dude, about like Hans old. and Franz? Yeah, yeah. Hans and Franz. Honey, that's that wasn't from like funny you when and it I came as, out the first we time. We were like toddlers when they came out. I laugh at it. And we are here to pump you up. Not as funny as the Californians. I'm sorry, Ross. Ross, any other examples of inverse condemnation you might be able to share that you should be able to share? Whatever. Saturday Night Live has gone down the toilet in the last decade, at least. They've been saying that for 30 years, bro. They say it all the time, and it's so good. It's always good. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not anywhere near as good as it was when it had the like real heroes on it. Now it's just... Like Gilda Radner. Yes. And Chevy, like Chase. Chevy Chase. Yes. Bill Murray. John I, Belushi. But you know what? We have like Kate McKinnon. We had Kristen she's Wiig. She's funny. Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon is, is funny. Brilliant. I mean, God, she's so funny. And Kristen Wiig, same. Yeah. So funny. The real deal carried the original Ghostbusters, and then the new people suck. The new Ghostbusters movie was hot garbage. I didn't, I didn't see, see that. It. Clearly garbage. Like, you've both seen the old Ghostbusters movie, right? Yeah. Gus, Gus Posters? Gus Posters. I did like the old Gus Posters. Who are you going to call? Gus Posters. Inverse condemnation. Well, for the flooding thing, Kristen, gets into a whole lot of real dry detail. I mean, it has to do with legalities of surface water, this thing called the common enemy doctrine and a bunch of stuff. The answer is maybe. It's it's possible. It depends. But unlikely. It depends? Yeah. 
not really answered. Other examples of inverse condemnation. I mean, the road one is the is the clearest one. The way they get real murky, and you know, when you see a plaintiff's lawyer put them on, everything's a taking, and there's always damage to the remainder. It's like no, most of the time it's not. Like the example you were talking about about, well, we build a building here next to your property, and then you don't like that, so you say your property's damaged. How, how often does that ever come up in the real world? Right. Somebody buys a lot next to you. They build an ugly house. You hate it. You used to be able to see the lake. Now you can't. When, but do you have any cause of action against them? Hell no, because it's their property, not yours. They can build what they want on it. I but, think I saw one that was like a noise thing. Like they built a highway and they didn't put up a wall or something. So their property, there was like more highway noise. And they try that all the time. And we have thumped them so many times about it that they've largely stopped trying that as an So the noise thing is done. Okay. Uh, that's they with air quotes as in that's what they say. That's what they well, say. Yeah, I mean, we've defeated that a bunch of times just because... It's road noise. If you have a property that's next to the road, you want to know what you can hear? Cars. You want to know what you can hear when right. we pull put another lane on the highway? Cars. Is there any difference? Not meaningfully. They operate on this just false <laughs> like premise that another lane equals more cars equals more sound, so my property is worth less. And then you actually go do the engineering and you find out it's just not a thing. Wow. We okay. do deal with noise a lot in eminent domain cases and frequently hire noise engineers. The last time we had one of these, they had hired some complete, not the last time, but several times ago, hired some complete hack. And we go and take his deposition. He's like, yeah, I measured it with this meter. Well, when's the last time you uh, calibrated that meter? Oh, I never have. When would you buy it? You know, umpteen years ago. Well, what? here's the manual for it that says it's supposed to be calibrated this many times. So you've never calibrated it. Well, no. I mean, it's... Wow. You know, they you know what? That's like... I have a thermometer that we used on my kids when they were little that like is the forehead thermometer. And over time I'm like, this thing's always off by like two degrees. So if I take my kid's temperature and it says like 99.9, I'm like, Oh, they're at 101.9. Cause it's off. And I realized the other day, because with the COVID thing, like every once in a while, I like take everybody's temperature. I'm like, are we all okay? And I took my temperature the other day and it said 101. And I was like, well, that's it. I have the COVID. Here we go. And then I realized that thing has batteries in it. And my kids are 11 and nine. And we got it when my 11-year-old was born. Do you know how many times I've changed the batteries in the thermometer? Zero, because it still made the beep, 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 and it still showed a temperature. So I changed the batteries. My 101 temperature went to like 98.1. I didn't recalibrate my equipment either. You have to recalibrate your noise machine and their flux capacitor. The flux capacitor will not function if you don't recalibrate it. Yeah, that's the, correct. The only funny joke in the new Ghostbusters is Bill Murray makes a cameo as a ghost skeptic. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, and it's essentially the same gag from Zombieland because the, he goes and says, "You can't do this. Like, you can't. It's fake." And so they, he tells them to open the trap in front of him. So they yeah. open the trap and nothing comes out. He's like, "Ah, it's fake!" And then give it like a three beat, and then the ghost pops out of the trap and defenestrates him and kills him. What does defenestrate mean? Is that a word? Did you just make? Did that y'all up? go to school in the seventies? I mean, music school. So words, no. But like, you oh went to gosh. school. <laughs> what? I don't know what to say. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Defenestrate means to throw out of a window. What? That sounds lovely. Defenestrate. I've learned something I like today. to defenestrate my enemies. Yeah. Out from, from the French Ooh. word fenestra for window. De fenestra. Out of the window. Ross, some of the stuff you know, it kind of terrifies me. 
Dude, everybody learned this in school. Y'all just forgot. You've never heard about the defenestration of Prague? We'll We'll save that for another podcast. Go look up the defenestration of Prague if you don't know what I'm talking about. I can't wait. I'm I'm making a mental note of it now. No, I'm not. I forgot already. Right. Inverse condemnation. Recalibrate your equipment. Yep. So that's all the time we have for inverse. The next question (laughs) is... And this is this is actually uh, the most important discussion in the entire podcast, and that would be guilty pleasure music. Oh boy! Mm. And I get I get regularly made fun of for my guilty pleasure music. What's your guilty pleasure music? You know, I, I would have to say first and foremost the Carpenters. What? From where I sit, Karen Carpenter was the Eddie Vedder of her generation. Now hold on there, Press hold on the there, button. Chieftain. Let me tell you something about Eddie Vedder. You do not. Compare him to Karen Carpenter. She w- she was a melodic songbird just like him. It's a compliment for Eddie uh, Vedder. Well, but, oh, well, yeah. how, how many great Carpenter songs are there? A so, lot. How many great Pearl Jam songs are there? A lot. Uh, more. A lot more. Well, she died of anorexia, okay? Eddie hasn't died yet. He had a chance to make more music. So guilty, you said it was a guilty pleasure because you know that that's... Oh, I can't wait to hear yours because okay. I'm going to defenestrate right. it. You ready? <laughs> what does that mean again? I don't know. I don't throw either. it right out I the window. I, throw it right out the window. I have two. These are my guilty pleasure music choices. Number one is kind of a genre and it's like 90s gangster rap. I never get tired of it. I love it. That's not a guilty pleasure. That was a legit... That was legit genre of music. Yeah, but I'm like in my 40s. I'm like a businesswoman. I'm a mother no, of two little girls. Like 40s. I'm not the type of girl who like should be driving around in my mom vehicle listening to like Tupac and Biggie, but I do, and I love it. Straight out of Azel. Straight out of Azel, Texas. My other guilty pleasure, and this one's probably a little more guilty, and it's somebody that I hated when she first came out. Like I hated her. I, I hated her. And as time has gone by, and now I have two girls who love her, and now I love her too. It's T Swifty. I love. I'm saying it out loud. I'm saying it into a microphone to be recorded for all time. I love Taylor Who Swift. Who doesn't? I mean, I firmly converted it. Shake it off. I firmly converted. I don't know when, but when her first couple albums came out, Fearless. I was so I upset. Fearless was a great album. No, because I felt like all of her songs, like she was so young, and her songwriting was not great, and her her voice wasn't great. And she'd be like, "I went to the store and bought some hot dogs and some chicken nuggets, then I cooked them up for <laughs> oh, dinner, God. and then I played my guitar because I was sad about a boy." <laughs> it was just like words, 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 and I hated her. And she kept winning Grammys and stuff. I'm like, "This is not good music." And then as she grew up, this is a freaking artist, and you know what? She just came out with a surprise album called Folklore like three, four days ago. I've got to tell you, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I like it. I mean... It is a masterpiece. Mind you, my opinion on this is completely valueless, literally worth nothing, and you shouldn't even listen for comedic value. Now, Kristen is a trained music <laughs> professional that has a master's in music and is a professionally trained opera singer. So if she says somebody can't sing right... It's like, yeah, girl, you can't sing good. But um, <laughs> my opinion, trash. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you for at least shake it off forward because I was, and I'm still of the opinion that the country albums prior to that were just like, what? who is this dead-eyed child? That's Fearless was going? a great album. Her first album was great. You know, it's funny. I hated it. Oh, I, I hated it. it. But now, now that I love her from 
shake it off for the later Taylor. Now I can go back and listen to early Taylor and be like, you cute little baby, you were just coming into your own. And she's a songwriter. She writes her own stuff. Yeah, but at the beginning... Legit. I feel like at the beginning she was oppressed by the system. She was oppressed by the system. She was in Scooter Braun or whatever. Like she, There was some issues there. But you know what? Taylor Swift is the kind of person that you can listen to her early stuff, you can listen to her pop stuff, or you can listen to folklore. And it's kind of like you get to like watch somebody grow into the artist they were supposed to be. And folklore is a masterpiece. And I love Taylor Swift. And I'm I'm not ashamed to admit it anymore. I used to be. But that's my guilty pleasure. All right, Ross. What, Jimmy Buffett? Oh, God. I never understood Jimmy Buffett. Still don't. He comes to the Virginia Beach Amphitheater every summer, and people go gaga over his you know tickets. What? He sells out in two minutes. I don't understand. It's not good music. I'm this sure from the cool person dude. that's on about the Carpenters. I love the Carpenters. Karen Carpenter is a this songbird is called, of a generation. This is called guilty pleasures for a reason. You know that that's a guilty pleasure because you know deep down in your heart. Well, I don't even participate in the fandom in the sense that You're I not don't... like a shark. What are they called? Shark? Shark? Do you heads, do fins, fins to the left no. and fins to the right? None of that garbage. Parrot head. They're parrot, parrot heads. Parrot head. My, gr- my uncle gave me my shark first head. tape. <laughs> tape, mind you. It was Jimmy Buffett. When I was a kid, he had every he had every Jimmy Buffett up to that point on vinyl. We'd listen to it at our beach house when we were out on the boat. All these people that live in snow country and never see the ocean, like their only notion of going to the beach is maybe one time they've been to Atlantis and stayed in the casino, so they think they've been to the islands, and they're going to go and just get hammered in a parking lot. Like, <laughs> like you could pretty, pretty much accurate. listen to... Like, guys, you could also be part of the fish fandom if you want, and roughly do the same thing with more drugs if you or really Dave just... Or Dave Matthews Band. Or DMB, or anybody else that for some reason really enjoys getting heavily inebriated in a stadium parking lot. That is not my gig. Like, I do not want it. I don't need it. But I do really enjoy his music up to uh, probably... Shake It Off? Banana. Is that not him? The late 90s, early 2000s. Stuff in the last decade or so. You know what? I'm not a fan of Jimmy Buffett, but there's one song that I really like by Jimmy Buffett. And I think it's called When the Coast is Clear. Yeah. I I really like that song. He has a lot of, like... It's about most, being at the beach in the off-season. It's yeah, great. Most people haven't even heard any fraction of Jimmy Buffett's actual catalog. They're like, man, I don't like those parrot heads. I don't, cheeseburger I don't like Cheeseburger in Paradise and Margaritaville, man. That sucks. And I'm like, the dude has so many more albums than that and so much good material that you never actually even hear. And then you go to the concert, and it's just getting vomited on, getting jostled by people. and you're Fence to the left, fence to the right. Like, God, I've heard all of these too much. Can I please just, like, I'll go to the beach and listen to the album tracks that I actually want to listen to. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, that's where I am on So that's your guilty pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. That's a yeah, good question. As you know, I've been to most of the bars in Key West, and I have to say, for a guy who spent some time there, his bar is one of the worst in Key West. Is it a Margaritaville? It's, yeah, it's just. It's also it's like commercial. going to an Applebee's. Like There's Margaritavilles a, at every beach town now. But I was go, talking about the one in Key West. Aren't they? It's like an Applebee's. That's where it started. I know, but aren't it's they? Like all, a Rainforest like, Cafe, except it sucks. Well, that would imply the Rainforest Cafe was ever good. Right, or Applebee's. I mean, the whole draw there was what? Like, uh, it, clearly, we're not out looking for sp- any additional sponsors right now. I mean, does Rainforest Cafe still exist? I thought that died after no, like the late one in, 90s. No, there's one in Grapevine, Texas. I've been still? there. Still, We took the girls there a few years ago, and I believe we spent like $180 on lunch, and it was like chicken nuggets and some weird burgers because you got to listen to monkeys like, ooh, 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 and like look at some plastic trees. 
and some fake giant plastic frogs. Yeah, it was great though. You guys, if you want to sponsor Rainforest Cafe, you can reach us soon. Uh, and Applebee's, I won't be waiting to hear from you, but I really do want to hear back but from Waiting Billy is an excellent movie. Waiting is a great movie. No, Waiting makes me never want to eat food again. That's a terrible movie. Oh, it's so no, gross. it is such a Dane good movie. Ryan Reynolds it. is great. And dude, Ryan Reynolds is freaking God at this point. And he's, he's made so up. Good. He has atoned for that abortion on Green Lantern and has just completely. He makes redeemed fun of himself. himself about it. Yes, he has completely paid all necessary penance for Green Lantern and redeemed himself utterly with Do Deadpool you follow him on Twitter? Too. Yeah, he's hysterical. And the way that he talks to and about and tweets at his wife gives me life. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, kind of obscure. But that's about all the time we have for the Pendulum Podcast this week. Thank you for joining us for the Pendulum Podcast brought to you by Pendulum Land Services, LLC, full-service right-of-way acquisition company dedicated to the integrity of the right-of-way industry. Visit them at PendulumLand.com or on Twitter at PendulumLand. This broadcast was produced by Right of Way Consults, LLC. You can reach out to us on Twitter at any time, at ReloKristen, at Right of Way Ross, at Right of Way Dave. See you next week. Who are you going to call? Gus Boasters. Deadpool equals relationship goals. 